Take your Bibles this morning, please, and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Throughout all of history, the testimony of God's people is God is faithful. In Deuteronomy, Moses has called the people together, and he is rehearsing God's work in their lives. And in chapter 7, verse 9, he says this, Know therefore that the Lord, the Lord your God is God, the faithful God. He keeps covenant. He has steadfast love with those who love him. And he keeps his commandments to a thousand generations. God's people have lived through and identified the wonder of God's faithfulness in their lives. As you think about it, Adam and Eve knew God's faithfulness because in Genesis chapter 4, Seth is born. And Eve declares, I have gotten another son from the Lord, God's faithfulness. God remembered Noah and the ark. And God's faithfulness was evidenced even underneath that judgment. In Genesis chapter 12, God calls Abraham and Sarah and says that he would make of him a great and mighty people, God's faithfulness. And last week we discovered how that was worked out even in Sarah's life when she thought it was impossible. Joseph knew of God's faithfulness. His brothers sold him into Egypt. But in Genesis chapter 50, Joseph declares, You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. What a wonderful illustration of God's faithfulness. Think of Egypt and how God led his people from that land of captivity and then he took them into the wilderness, and his faithfulness was evidenced through the manna, the clothing on their body and on their feet. I trust that you are seeing the faithfulness of God in your life. I trust that you are looking for God things that clearly identify that God is at work. Weeks ago, in one of my Wednesday words, I challenged you to identify God's work even during this time. And as you have trusted God, especially during the COVID-19 crisis, how have you seen God's work of faithfulness? I'm going to ask Heather Morris to come now and to, to share a testimony with us as she rehearses God's faithfulness in her life and in the life of her family. Hello, church family. My name is Heather Morris. For those of you that don't know me, I hope you all are doing well. I have been asked to share my testimony about how God has been faithful, not just in my life, but also in my family's during this time. Um, I know that if we all thought about it, we'd be able to, we could all write our own story about how God has been faithful and blessed us through this time in our life. God has indeed brought many blessings to me and my family, and one of the biggest things is the difference in routine. But honestly, if this uh, COVID-19 didn't happen, uh, we would have just kept going at the pace we were going and not really realize what's important in our life. Do you think God is trying to tell us something? I do. I finished a Bible study that I kept putting off and it was called Entrusted and it was uh, the study of 2 Timothy and I felt like it was going right along with what's going on right now in my life. And I also began reading a book and a statement was shared by John Ortberg and it says, 
God isn't at work producing the circumstances I want. God is at work in producing, I'm sorry, and God is at work in bad circumstances to produce the me he wants. You see, if my life, I got so wrapped up in this fast-paced life, I didn't stop to spend time with the relationship with God and trust in him in all things. God was faithful when I was not. So let me share a little bit with you and I'll let you know a few things before um, I tell you what happened. Um, my husband, Tom, is a heavy equipment operator and he works, uh, this is his third season working in the uh, southern, southeast of Michigan. And I'm a registered dental hygienist and I have two daughters, we both have two daughters together. Um, so the first incident that happened was, um, oh, it was around the 1st of March and I was in CPR class and my husband was using a grinder and he went to reach over to grab something and he cut himself pretty bad with the grinder. Um, thankfully, he only needed stitches and antibiotics and he had only cut, uh, he had not cut any tendons. So that was good. Um, this happened about four weeks before he was, uh, supposed, was called back to work. The other incident that happened um, to me um, is that I've never been traumatized or been in shock as much as I had this this during this day that it had happened. Um, God truly was watching over me and he showed his protection. Um, I was going to go work outside this on this particular day and I went to blow up a tire on a wheelbarrow because it was flat and a little voice told me to stop and I didn't. And well, I must have got the air into it because the rim blew up on me and it sounded like a gunshot going off and I could, it could be heard all the way to my house. And I looked down on my right hand and I saw some blood and I didn't know where it was coming from. And Tom had just pulled into the driveway um, when he got the call and he raced out of the driveway and, fought, and my youngest daughter followed him because she figured out something was wrong. Um, at that point, once they got there, I, I told them, I said, I don't want to go to the uh, hospital because of the COVID-19 and it was due to fear. So, um, Tom looked me over and, um, he handled things really well, um, during this time because I was not even talking. I thought I was making sense, but they said I wasn't making sense. Um, the family was running around grabbing things like ice juice and Motrin. Um, it was decided that um, I hadn't broken anything, but I was going to be really bruised. And so during that whole ordeal, God really showed his protection. Um, I could have broken something, um, but I'm, I was bruised up pretty bad. But other people said you could have lost your hand, you could have lost your fingers, you could have lost your eye, but I didn't. Um, God also showed the provisions in that time. Everything was available um, to help me get through that. Um, such and the other things were that Tom had just worked a half a day that day and the family was there and we all got through that situation. Um, so speaking of God being faithful and providing provisions, two weeks after I was laid off, Tom was called back to work. And Tom usually stays in um, a hotel in the southeast part of Michigan. And But during this time with the COVID-19, as most of you know, that was where there was a lot of people getting into COVID-19. Um, it was decided that he would just drive back and forth. And that was after him and I had discussed it and his boss. Well, what happened was is that the company um, gave him a truck and the gas to get back and forth. And Tom had 
um, was added some responsibilities, but he's, um, he took them with grace. But God pro provided provisions for um, us at that time. Um, our, our daughters both work in an assisted living centers, and God has used them and protected them. Uh, my heart nearly broke when one of our daughters came home and said um, that they pro the place they worked at was going to start accepting COVID-19 patients. So it's one thing to hear about it, but then when it starts hitting home, that, that really starts affecting you. Um, I'm thankful that the, our girls know the Lord and have a relationship with him, um, especially now, in fact, they're probably ministering to people in ways that I don't even know. Um, you know, I've had two people during this time tell me about the same thing, and one was the last day that I was going to be at work, and we had to tell our patients that, this is going to be it for a little while. And this is what one of them said. It, if you're right with God, what are you worried about? And if you're not right with God, you better be. And I miss my patients a lot. And I miss the, the staff. And things are not the same, um, are not going to be the same when we open back up. Um, I've been really finding that out in the last two days. They're just not. So these are definitely difficult times. Um, I guess you can frown on it. You can complain about it in the circumstances, or you can take it as it comes, pray about it, and accept it. Um, right now, God's working in my heart. He's preparing my heart and my mind um, for when I do have to go back to work and then with all the changes that will be taking place. Um, and that's a whole other story. Um, and this kind of makes you stop and think, doesn't it? Um, about getting back to the basics and relationships and not only with others, but with God and growing with him. Maybe God had to just stop things in time for us to really think about it and realize it. So I just want you to know, just remember, God is even faithful, faithful through all of this. Thank you, Heather. Today, as we study God's word together, I want to explore three scripture passages that remind us that no matter where we are in life, God is faithful. The first passage is found here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It's a verse that you are very familiar with. It's verse 13. Will you please read this passage of scripture with me as we share together and reminding ourselves of God's faithfulness? Here we go. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Underline the words in your text. God is faithful. I want you to know that God is faithful even when we are distracted by the stuff of life. Now, as you think about the believers in Corinth, they were struggling. <laughs> they were indeed a carnal bunch. They were distracted by their culture. Their conduct did not reflect Christ, the cross, and the crucifixion. And Paul writes to us, there has no temptation. The word temptation is an interesting word. It has the idea put to proof. A negative experience with negative consequences. 
And you and I face temptations daily in our lives and have to make decisions that have potential negative experiential consequences. You've heard me say on a number of occasions, success in life is not not having problems, but success in life is biblically handling the problems that you have. And as Paul challenges us, saying there is no temptation and God is faithful, we must understand that we can biblically handle the challenges that God gives to us. Now, in our text, we discover that God is faithful in three ways. Again, verse 13. No temptation has taken you that is not common to man. God is faithful as he recognizes our abilities to be able to withstand temptation. The term common to man recognizes that whatever you're going through, you're not the first one to go through it. And whatever you're going through, this experience did not take God by surprise. God knows where we are, and he is able to meet our needs. The text also says, no temptation taking you but such as is common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted above your ability. God also is faithful because he realizes that he always gives to us an avenue of escape. Beyond our ability, but will with the temptation provide a way of escape. We have the Holy Spirit of God who indwells us, who strengthens us, whose responsibility is to guide and direct us into all truth, to keep our hearts and minds focused on Christ Jesus. And as you find yourself faced with consequences that may well have a negative impact on your life, look for that way of escape. Look for that avenue that God will provide for you so that you might be able to be that success and biblically handle the temptations, the problems that you have. One more way that God is faithful. God gives to us a revitalization of an access for strength. The last part of that verse says that you may be able to endure it. God always provides for us that way of escape. As we have been studying faithful words, we have ended our services every week with this chorus, a chorus that reminds us of the ancient words that impact our lives. The second stanza of that chorus says, words of life, words of hope, give us strength, help us cope. In this world where'er we roam, ancient words will guide us home. Ancient words ever true, changing me and changing you. We have come with open hearts. Oh, let the ancient words impart. Now, as we think about the temptation in our lives, Paul here identifies one of the biggest temptations, biggest distractions that you and I will ever have, and that is in verse 14 where he says, Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. 
An idol is anything that distracts us from the focus on God. And idols can happen so easily, so quickly, so unexpectedly in our lives. We won't take time, but if you will look at the context of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, you will discover that Paul reminds his, his listeners about the examples, the examples that God has given to us through the lives of his people. In verse 6 of chapter 10, he talks about examples. In verse 11 of chapter 10, he talks about examples. As you look at God's people, you find a number of examples of idolatry. Exodus chapter 32. Moses is slow in returning from the mountain where he met with God. And the people are distracted because their leader is not there. To connect them with God. And they build a golden calf. In 1 Kings chapter 18. Elijah is on Mount Carmel. And there the people are distracted by the prophets of Baal and Asherah. And yet. Elijah reminds them of the power of God. Jonah got so distracted that he tried to run from God. He did that because he did not want to go to Nineveh with God's message. And we discover in the last chapter of Jonah, Jonah chapter 4, why he did not want to do that. You see, Jonah thought the Ninevites were cruel, that they were crude. And certainly they were a conquering people that gave no mercy to their captives. They deserved judgment in Jonah's mind. And yet in Jonah chapter 4, Jonah places himself outside of Nineveh. The king having repented from his sin. And Jonah complains to God where he says, God, I knew you were gracious. I knew you were a merciful God. I knew you were slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. You see, Jonah had gotten distracted by even the idol of his patriotism and what he thought God's people deserved. Yes, God is faithful. And I am so thankful that the scripture tells us that the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials. And even here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, we're reminded, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. You and I need to stay connected with God. We need to live out the wonder of Christ and Him crucified from our lives. We need to not get distracted by the world, the flesh, and the devil. Matthew Henry in his commentary on 1 Corinthians chapter 10 says this, God is wise as well as faithful and will make our burdens according to our own strength. He knows what we can bear. He will make a way to escape. He will deliver either from the trial itself or at least from the mischief of it. Say it with me, will you please? God is faithful. I want to now turn to an Old Testament passage. A passage found in Lamentations chapter 3. A passage again that I am sure you are very familiar with. Lamentations chapter 3. 
as we move to the book of Lamentations, we move to the Old Testament prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah is lamenting. He's declaring a troubled people, a troubled, grieving heart. But in the midst of that, Jeremiah declares the faithfulness of God. The ESV Study Bible Intro to Lamentations says this, Lamentations offers compelling prayers that confess sin, express renewed hope, and declares a total dependence upon God's grace. You know, maybe you and I should study the topic of lamenting. Maybe we should go through the Psalms and hear the heart's cry of the writers. So many times God's people pour their hearts out to a faithful God. But Jeremiah Jeremiah reminds us God's faithfulness. Read with me, will you please? Jeremiah, Lamentations, I'm sorry, Lamentations chapter 3, verses 21 through 23. And Brenda, that slide just got all messed up. Yeah, we need to go back and change that. That's okay. Clear focus on God is a little screwy at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, clear, clear focus is smushed. Temptations. Now that that one's good. Uh uh-uh. uh. Now that's good. That was good. Okay. Yeah, let, let me see if I can, see if we can jump in, uh, turn to Lamentations chapter 3. Okay? Can we, can we do that, Chris? Let me back up here. Yeah, say it with me. God is faithful. Let me take you to a familiar Old Testament passage of Scripture. Turn to Lamentations chapter 3. We move now to the Old Testament prophet Jeremiah. And Lamentations is a declaration of a troubled, grieving prophet. But in the midst of that declaration, he declares the faithfulness of God. Sometimes Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet. The ESV Study Bible, Intro to Lamentations, tells us this. Lamentations offers a compelling prayer that confesses sin, that expresses renewed hope, that declares a total dependence on God's grace. Maybe at some point you and I should spend some time studying the subject of lamenting. Maybe we should read the Psalms and discover the heart cry of God's servants. As God's people poured their hearts out to a faithful 
God. Here in Lamentations chapter 3, we discover God's faithfulness. Begin with verse 21, will you please, and read this passage of Scripture with me. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The psalmist, I need to back up to that same place, not the psalmist. Was it? Okay. Can we start with Heather? Okay. Okay, so we can start at the same place. Yeah, and I, I, I probably ought to start in First Corinthians 11 and then turn. No, I mean, I mean my Bible, because <laughs> I was already in Lamentations. I'm ready. Take your Bibles now and turn to Lamentations. Lamentations chapter 3. As we move to this text of Scripture, we discover that the Old Testament prophet Jeremiah, who sometimes is declared to be the weeping prophet, is troubled grieving over God's people. But he recognizes the faithful of God. This book is called Lamentations because Jeremiah is lamenting, crying out to God because of the situation of his people. The ESV Study Bible Introduction to Lamentations says this, Lamentations offers compelling prayers that confess sin, expresses a renewed hope, and declares a total dependence on God's grace. Maybe sometime we should spend some time studying the topic of lamenting. We should read the Psalms and discover the heart cry of God's servants. We need to listen to the many times that God's people poured their hearts out to a faithful God. Lamentations chapter 3, beginning with verse 21, reminds us of the faithfulness of God. Let's read this passage together, please. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Jeremiah begins by saying, Because I call this to mind, therefore I have hope. The scripture says a lot about our minds. In Romans chapter 12, we are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. In Ephesians chapter 4, we are told to 
put off the old man which is corrupt and be renewed in the spirit of our minds and put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Philippians chapter 4. Paul says, those things that are honorable, those things that are just, that are pure, lovely, commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's any praise, think on these things. The mind is so important to our spiritual focus. Proverbs 23, King James says, For as a man thinks in his heart, his mind, so is he. I like the way the ESV translates that verse because it talks about as a man calculating in the depths of his own soul. Yes, I want to call this to mind. And what do I want to call to mind that gives me hope? I want to call to mind the steadfast love of the Lord. A steadfast love that never ceases. Let that thing sink in for a moment, will you please? God's steadfast, consistent, overwhelming love never stops in our lives. And then Jeremiah says, his covenant of mercy never comes to an end. His beneficial action on behalf of his people is enduring. You see, steadfast love brings out mercy. And it is this kind of love and mercy that always goes the second mile. It is this kind of love and mercy that surpasses all obstacles. And it is this kind of love and mercy that brings restoration to our lives. Yes, his steadfast love, his mercies, are new each and every morning. Great is his faithfulness. When we lived in Indianapolis, our children were very young. Our youngest child, Jennifer, was perhaps four or five at the time of this event. We took an evening and we went to a place on the northwest side of Indianapolis called Beef and Boards. And it's a dinner theater, and that night, they were doing the theater rendition of Annie. One of the songs in Annie is Tomorrow. And it says this, the sun will come out tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow there will be sun. Just thinking about tomorrow clears away the cobwebs and the sorrow tell there's none when I'm stuck with a day that's gray and lovely I just stick up my chin and grin and say oh the sun will come out tomorrow so you gotta hang on till tomorrow come what may tomorrow tomorrow I'll love you tomorrow you're only a day away the steadfast love of the Lord his mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Say it with me, will you please? God is faithful. 
There's one more passage of Scripture that I want to bring your attention to this morning, and it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. So turn to that text, will you please? 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul is beginning his epistle to the believers at Corinth. And even though they are a distracted people trying to deal with sin and society and culture and temptations, in the first chapter, he writes and reminds them of whose they are and what God has given to them as his children. He starts out in verse 4 and reminds them of God's grace. In verse 5, he reminds them of God's goodness and how they are enriched in speech and all knowledge. In verse 6 and 7, he tells them about the gifts that God has given to them. And then in verses 8 and 9, he reminds them that before God and Christ, they are guiltless, and one day they're going home to be with their Lord. Read this passage of Scripture with me, will you please? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. Who will sustain you to the end? guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. You see, our God is faithful because we are assured that the day of his coming will be a reality in our lives. I like what Paul says here to the believers at Corinth. He says in verse 8 that this revealing of Jesus Christ will sustain you. King James, confirm you. It will stabilize you. It will establish you. It will give you an anchor for life. Why? Because God is faithful. And what has he done? He has called us into the fellowship of his son. And that fellowship will be completed at the coming of Christ. God is faithful because you and I have been called. Called together and connected with his love gift for us. His son, Jesus Christ. Will you say it with me, please? God is faithful. Today, we have explored three scripture passages. Passages that remind us that no matter where we are in life, God is faithful. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 tells us that even when we're distracted by the stuff of life, God is faithful. Lamentations chapter 3 tells us that even if we were to doubt his steadfast love, God is faithful. And here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, we're reminded that the assurance of his coming declares that God is faithful. Dallas Holmes has written this text. The eyes of God are upon me. He sees everything I do. 
The arms of God are around me. They keep me safe and secure. And he knows where I am every hour of every day. He knows each thought I think. He knows each word I say. And although there are times I've stepped out of his will, I've never stepped out of his care. This changing world alarms me with war, with sin, with strife. But my loving Father charms me with joy, with peace, and with life. Powerful words. Say them with me, will you please? God is faithful.